This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So, Bree, I remember this one time I was in a bike race around Tucson, and uh, I wasn't paying attention. We were riding down 4th Avenue, and there's railroad tracks, like street track tracks, and my bike's tire like went and wedged in to the railroad tracks, no. and I totally fell down and just like skinned my hands, everything. Ugh. I had nothing with me, nothing at all. And it's that times where you want a first aid product and you have nothing. And <laughs> active skin repair utilizes a molecule called hypochlorous acid. When applied to the skin, the molecule works by mimicking the natural immune response to cleanse, soothe irritation, reduce inflammation, and support healing. I've used it on my son's mosquito bites, and I wish I would have had it the time I totally scraped up my hands. Oh, I hear you. Like whenever I go paddleboarding, kayaking, I'm always trying to find something that is like an all-in-one that I can take with me. And active skin repair could be used like that. It can be used to treat cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, which makes it suitable for all skin types, all parts of the body, like eczema and acne-prone skin, all of that. With over 500,000 happy customers, thousands of five-star reviews, and ingredients so safe and clean they can be used from the youngest member of the family to the oldest, you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs. Visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and to get 20% off your order. Use code NOGUILT. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, here with my co-host, Brie Tucker. Well, hello, hello, everybody. How are you? <laughs> we we are hanging on today, Brie. We are hanging on. Hey, today is the last day of Calm and Happy Parenting. Launch. I know. I'm so excited. Oh, my gosh. This course, guys, this has been like our biggest... Uh, Gosh, words are failing me right now, but like our biggest response ever in the No Goat Mom, because so many moms are just overwhelmed and they know, like it, you might be in this situation too, you know that you should be delegating more to your family, but you just don't know how to do it. And this is the course that gives you like the step-by-step -step way on how to change your communication style so that your family actually listens, they help you, and you know exactly how to deal with all the pushback. You'll be like, mm-mm. Yes, perfect. For those people that are already on your email list, they've yes. seen the wall of post-its. Oh, yes. We have put so much thought, energy, and effort into this to make sure that what we're providing is exactly what you want, and it's not putting another thing on your plate. No, no. We show you how to take things off your plate. <laughs> yes, very important. You guys, things are coming off, not going coming on. Off. Here we go. Brie and I are like doing reverse swimming right now because it's like grabbing something, <laughs> taking it off, grabbing something, taking it off. No, it's it's great. So if you have not um, enrolled in Calm and Happy Parenting yet, please do so today because today is the very, very last day. The very yes. last day. And we're not offering it again until late 2021. So jump on that. <laughs> yes, we'll have the link in the show notes for you on that. Speaking of which, the show notes for today. Oh my goodness, Kelly. Kelly. Kelly was amazing. So we talked to Kelly Meyerson today and she is also about taking things off your plate and prioritizing those things that give you more energy like sleep. Yes, yes. She had such practical advice that I just, I'm so excited. All I'm going to tell you guys is 10 minutes. 
10 minutes and some gum and you got it down. <laughs> See, Brie goes for gum. I'm like ice caramel macchiato from Starbucks. That is the only thing that can make me do this 10 minute task that Kelly <laughs> talks about in the interview. But uh, we hope you enjoy our conversation with Kelly. You want mom life to be easier. That's our goal too. Our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids, and we're going to have fun doing it. We're going to help you delegate and step back. Each episode, we'll tackle strategies for positive discipline, making our kids more responsible, and making our lives better in the process. Welcome to the No Guilt Mom Podcast. Welcome, Kelly, to the podcast. We are so, so happy to have you here to talk all things about not sacrificing our sleep. Absolutely. I'm here for that. Yeah. I'm excited because like we we were talking a little bit before this interview started about how moms tend to sacrifice sleep first to get all the things done. And that's such a common, common thing that you hear. Yeah. Because I mean, like you you think that the only way you're going to get more time is by either staying up super late after the kids go to bed or getting up super early before the kids get up. So, yes. and it's just a cycle, a vicious cycle. It's a vicious cycle. Vicious. <laughs> I need my sleep. I'm, I am mean if I don't get my sleep. I am too. Oh my gosh. We could go into a whole thing, but can you tell our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do? I certainly can. So yes, I am a sleep expert. My background is in occupational therapy. So I've been working with kids in pediatrics for the past 20 years, and I have a certification in sensory integration. So that's sort of my background. I'm a mom. So I totally relate to all of the things that moms are trying to accomplish. And I truly believe we can have very happy, joy-filled lives and not have to sacrifice our sleep, our self-care, our well-being in any way so that we can give our best to everyone. Because ultimately, I feel like that's what we want to do as moms. We want to show up as the best mom we can for our kids. We want to be great for our spouses. We want to be able to show up at the PTA, you know, looking fresh and energized to be there. We want to show up our jobs and do a great job. And wouldn't it be amazing if we could do that and not have to give something up in order for it all to happen? Totally. Like I am so adamant that I get enough sleep. And when I hear that moms are getting this advice that they need to wake up earlier than their kids to get me time, like it makes me, it makes me so angry, both because I don't want them to sacrifice their sleep. And if I had to do something like that, I would not be a functional person. And I will tell you quite honestly that that is sort of how I achieve me time. But I will also tell you that my workday is pretty much done by four. And so what I do is I get up early. I put my time into my entrepreneurial coaching stuff. And then I start my like normal workday before everybody gets up. But then like by four o'clock, I just know myself. I'm no longer good to the world. And I used to push until I hit like that extra adrenaline and then I get the second wind and then I could stay up till midnight and then I'd crash and it just wouldn't work for me. So I relate to that. So I would never advise somebody to, okay, rob your sleep, the beginning, the end, it doesn't really matter, right? We still need to get those seven to nine juicy hours of sleep so that we're restored. So we feel good. It's good for our mental health. It's good if you're trying to keep your weight in check. It's just 
there are so many benefits and we can't even go through them all today. We sort of know that. But then what people want to know is, well, then how the heck do I get good sleep? Like I get it. I'm bought in. It's a human imperative. But what do I do? Oh my How gosh, do I make okay. it happen? I, I do. I want to dig into this one because a lot of times when you know you have to wake up early and I think I am like you, I wake up naturally early and asking me to stay up later though, to accomplish things and later to like get my me time. That's really where I say no. Like my husband stays up till midnight and I'm like, nope, I'm in bed by nine 30. Like I just cannot function. But I mean, Bree's the opposite. Bree's sitting here nice and quiet and just smiling. I'm like, "Ah, yeah, not me. No, I have a different setup. I do much better staying up till uh, like 11 midnight and then sleeping until like my sweet time is 7, 730. I just do much better with that. And it's really funny. And Kelly, I'm kind of curious about your expertise on this with sleep. I've tried shifting it because like I just said, if I go to bed, between 11 and midnight and I get up around 7 or 7.30. That's seven and a half hours and I'm fine. But if I have to flip-flop that, like let's say I go to bed at like 10 and then get up, you know, at like 5.30, it doesn't work. I'm Mm -hmm. super cranky. I'm tired. I'm dragging. I don't know what it is. It's just not in your makeup. So here's (laughs) the thing. Like, yes, we all need that seven to nine hours of sleep, whatever Mm -hmm. that amount is. And some people it's more like nine or 10. Like you just have to kind of know yourself. But it's a really good point that what you're saying is your sweet spot of sleep is going to bed at like 11, being able to sleep till seven. It's totally normal for us to be in a different place on that sort of 24 hour scale. If you Mm -hmm. think about it, you know, when we have our little ones, they need more sleep than we do, right? They need to get closer to 10, 12, depending on their age. And then something happens with our teenagers, right? They start wanting to stay up later. Now, this is not a behavioral thing. This is like a human design thing that they start to do that. They want to stay up later and they want to sleep later. Mm -hmm. But where they start to struggle with their sleep is because that's not the way that the schedule is designed for school. Like we're asking our teenagers to get up earlier and earlier and they're miserable, just like us if we don't get enough sleep. Right? Like, why is our system set up that way? I agree. Because like, you look at the school system, and at least out here in Arizona, specifically where we live in Phoenix, the high school start at zero hour, I think starts at like mm-hmm. six. I had a high school that started zero hour. I- I've I never heard of zero seven, hour. 7 a.m. was our zero hour, though. It wasn't like six. I never heard crazy. of it till I moved out here. And then like, yeah. yeah, school starts at like seven, seven twenty-five. Okay. And I just have to laugh about this because I already told you guys my schedule, right? My daughter is in seventh grade and she's already getting anxious about going into high school in two years that mom is not going to be able to get up early enough to get her to school on time. Yeah. Yeah. It's already like, it's so rough. But yeah, I mean, and then so again, high school starts at like seven, around seven ish in the morning out here. And then the elementary begins about eight. And then middle school begins at like nine. I know not where. Not, not where yeah. your daughter goes, but most of the middle schools out here start around 9, 930. And it just blows my mind. It's crazy. So and I don't know why they do that. It, well, it's not designed. It's designed for efficiency, not <laughs> for like the well-being of the people involved in it. Right. For bus schedules. It's bus schedules. Well, why don't they just <laughs> and it's flip it and have schedules. the elementary? Yeah. Why not have the elementary start early? Because we all know that your kindergartner is getting up at like 5 a.m. They just are. <laughs> It's so true, so right? Let them go it's to true. school that early then. I just I don't get why they just don't do elementary, middle, and then high school. But yeah, whatever. I'm I'm off my soapbox. I will yeah. step down now. <laughs> step, step. 
I'm on, I'm on it with you. I feel you. I feel like it's not, I mean, that has totally been one of the benefits of being home in virtual school. And like, it doesn't necessarily need to start that early or kids aren't really necessarily expected to be there that early. They can sleep a little bit more. I know for me personally, being able to sleep a little bit more on the days I don't have to commute feels mm. like a dream. Like it's amazing. I feel like a whole person because I can get enough sleep. Exactly. Yeah. But there are times in our lives where we do need to adjust our sleep schedules like for work and stuff. And isn't there a way that if you're not naturally a morning person, but say you get a job where you do have to be there a little bit earlier, like mm-hmm. that you could adjust your sleep schedule and eventually be okay with it? Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Brie here. And let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can finally breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine is the best decongestant available. It relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy, watery eyes, itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. I absolutely love it. It is the only allergy medicine that works for me. So if you're ready to live life as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just one quick Trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Hey, all, it is Joanne and Brie here. And we want to tell you about a podcast that you should check out. It's called Understood Explains. This season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Uturbe. And it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. And in this latest season of Understood Explains, it covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP and it busts common myths about special education. We actually just listened to the episode, IEPs, Does My Child Need an IEP? And here is what we loved about it. I loved that it was so digestible. Like it was such a short episode and all of the topics, which could be really confusing to parents, were easily explained. And I loved how they gave great concrete examples because you know how much I love me a good example. They explained what kind of services and supports you could actually see on a child's IEP or individual education plan. And they explained those acronyms that nothing drives me more crazy than when there's acronyms and I don't get it. I don't know what it stands for. They took the time to explain everything in so much detail and to cover concerns that a lot of families have about special ed services. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes. 
Totally. You could, you could, you just have to get into that routine. So you'd have to, even though it's more naturally, I mean, think about people who work overnights, right? So they have to sleep during the day and they have to be working at night. So you can shift and adapt to it. So what you want to be able to give yourself is more sleep opportunity. And you have to think about the activities that you're doing leading up to sleep so that you're prepared and you're restful. So I know you two are probably like gung-ho, high energy women. So (laughs) like if you were to just kind of stop working and go to bed, it would be a while before your mind wound down. Right. So yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those are the people that I feel like are my people that are the busy brained people. So like Mm -hmm. if you're a busy brain, you can't just lay in bed and go to bed. You have to have that wind down time. So giving yourself like even 30 minutes before bed, sitting down and journaling all of the things that are on your mind away from your bed. So don't do it in your bed. Do it like in a chair, on the couch, someplace comfortable and quiet, have a nice cup of tea and write down all those things on your mind. Because sometimes it's not the anxiety provoking things that are on our mind. It's the creative things. It's the ideas. Mm -hmm. It's the concepts we want to fulfill. And we haven't stopped enough during the day and been still to allow those to come out. So our body gets used to us. Well, you're going to be still when you lay down to go to sleep. So I'm going to download all this stuff for you at that time. So that's one thing that's really helpful. Um, Stopping the screen time too, which I know is like such a pain point for so many people because they wind down with TV or your cell phone or whatever it is that works for you. But it really that two to three hours before bed is where you can give your eyes a chance to adjust to lower light and sort of reduce that intensity for yourself so that your body starts to be prepared for sleep. We naturally know how to feel sleepy. We just do a lot to work against it. And because our bodies were designed to respond to the environment prior to electricity and LED lighting, you know, if we don't allow those things to naturally occur for us and we keep fighting against them, it's really interruptive to our sleep. That's interesting. And I've heard that before that, you know, stop the bright lights before bed. I have not heard about the journaling, all your ideas. And I'm totally going to try that because I'm a busy minded person as well. well. And you're big on the brain dumping and yeah, you're good at that. The brain dumping. It's good. But something that works for me for sleep is I always read before bed. And that's mm-hmm. the thing that I'm like, I'm reading and I'm like, I get those jerky reactions where I'm like falling asleep and like the book almost falls (laughs) and I'm like, okay, that's good. I'm sleepy. I can go to sleep now. But if I try to wind down with like, we were watching Captain America Winter Soldier last night, the other night, I couldn't go to sleep for two hours after finishing that movie because it just kept you like so awake. I was so like amped up. Yeah. Yeah. Too much adrenaline, right? Because you get invested in the story and it's action and it's like, yeah. And your brainwaves, your brainwaves are being really stimulated by what's on the screen. So they've done studies of kids playing video games. And in the studies, they hooked them up to all the monitors to look at their brainwaves. And although they were sitting and then they were very quiet and looked peaceful, that's not what they were experiencing in terms of their brainwaves. They were in like high beta stress state. Okay. So we have like five areas for our brainwaves. So high beta is like your stress and defense. And then all the way down at the bottom is delta for sleep. So like you said, if you're in this state of high beta from all the adrenaline, from all the intensity and activity of your day, and you try to lay down, you're sort of like, okay, well, here I am. 
where yeah, is sleep? You can't do it. No, you need to help your body step down. So if you think, I love to operate from sort of what was the natural human design and then, okay, so how do I make that happen in this world, in this life, right? So we would awaken because the light would hit our eyes and we would wake up, that's time to wake up. And then as the light started to go down, we would start to feel sleepy and we'd have what's called sleep pressure that make us feel sleepy and we would go to bed. So now we have lights all the time, stimulation all the time, activity all the time. I mean, you could literally, with everything we have out there between social media, clubhouse, like 24 hours a day, you could have access to being connected to people. Mm -hmm. So it's also honoring yourself in the disconnect and taking that time to be by yourself. So like the example you gave of reading a book is such a great one for so many different reasons. One, if you're reading an actual book, you're not looking at a screen. You're reading from a book. You probably have some lower lights and you're giving yourself a chance to wind down from all of the activity of the day. Stories are a great way to sort of light up a different part of your brain. You're thinking about the storyline in the book and you're sort of freeing your brain as you would in a dream state. So that's a great way to kind of chill out. And I really like eBooks, but I use a Kindle that doesn't have a backlight because that's the only thing that I, that will not keep me up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing we do is we keep our cell phones next to our bedside table, which is sort of like, if you're having trouble sleeping, then you're like, Mm -hmm. oh, well, here is this whole entry into a world of distraction. And the problem with that is the worst time of day to be getting that light into your eyes is between 11 p.m. and 4 a.m. So that's going to be the most disruptive. So I advocate for putting it across the room so that like you would have to literally get out of bed and go get it and bring it back to scroll, which I'm sure some people would do, but you can sort of set that intention and discipline for yourself. I see that also with teenagers who have cell phones. Like my daughter is 12 um, and she does have a cell phone, but we have a charging station downstairs that the cell phone has to go into at night because I'm like, I'm a sleep geek. (laughs) I've I've read the sleep books and I'm like, you cannot have the blue light. You don't understand. This happens and this happens and then you can't go to sleep. And then like, yeah, it's worked for us that way. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm real big too on like, I like to have my bed is in my bedroom is definitely very much my sanctuary. Like I've got my calming Mm. colors in the room that helps settle me. I like my aromatherapy. So I have my lavender oil mix that I do at night. It's like a little bit of lavender, lemongrass, uh, cedarwood. Mm -hmm. And I put that on and I have my lavender lotion. And Mm -hmm. it just honestly, like I can lay down in my bed and be asleep, like head on pillow, within about 10, 15 minutes. That's amazing. I am a gifted person. I'm a gifted sleeper. I'm one of those people that can fall asleep almost anywhere, almost anywhere when I'm there. And like, I'm doing what you said, Kelly, like I'm, I'm not letting myself, like when I do have times where my brain is busy and I also have to be able to fall asleep at the time that I'm actually tired. Like, cause if I lay down and it's not time to sleep, like I can't fall asleep within 10 minutes, but Mm -hmm. when it's the right environment, yeah, I can certainly do that for sure. That's such a great point too. I love what you just shared because, you know, although your routine differs a little bit from Joanne's, what you're talking about is creating a sacred sleep space for yourself. And you've created a routine that is triggering to your body, sort of like Pavlov, right? The bell and right. That's exactly what I based it off of. It's entrainment, (laughs) right? 
it works. Yeah, it does. <laughs> it does. It works. And so you're, you've trained yourself that when these things occur and you've set up the environment to sort of feel the way you want it to feel. And so that's like another helpful hint that I teach people that if your bedroom is full of laundry baskets of like partially folded laundry and all the tchotchkes and you haven't dusted in a while and there's a lot of stuff under your bed, I can sort of feel like the visceral feeling of like the walls creeping on upon you. Like, how are you supposed to feel ready to go to sleep? How are you supposed to feel calm and restful and like it's a respite from the world? And honestly, I feel like it should be. And never more than in the past year have I felt that like our houses became the place where we were doing school and work simultaneously and stuck with our families more than we ever have been before. And so having our bedrooms be sanctuaries at the end of the day became like an imperative for us that we really set that up for ourselves and kept it that way. I think that's a great tip to have your bedroom be that sanctuary from all of the stress and all of the noise and everything. Like it's hard sometimes because I've always, I mean, I haven't always worked from home, but for the past six years, I've worked from home. And I remember when I was a teacher in the classroom, I would so look forward to coming home and I would just feel this relaxation as soon as I walked in the door, but then changing to working from home, that doesn't happen. Like it doesn't happen. And I've been working to set up a intentional like space, like this office where I close the door and I just don't come in here it doesn't work very well because of then busy brains and like all the creative ideas that you get. And you're like, oh, I just need to go write this down and I need to go do this really fast. And it prevents that relaxation from happening. Yeah. And I mean, I think what also happened for me is all of a sudden, all of the projects that were unfinished at home were looking at me all day long. Right. <laughs> just like they were, they were slapping you in the face. Like you try to like, walk by and they were like, oh yeah. no, you will pay attention to me because I am right in front of you and there is mm-hmm. no escaping it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's hard. It's yeah. You have probably heard me talk about my dog, Addie, before, and when we first got her, we didn't know that she was a counter surfer. Now, counter surfing animals are the ones who jump on counters, especially kitchen counters, when you're not looking and take stuff off of them. Well, in this instance, Addie had jumped onto the kitchen counter and eaten an entire bottle of my other dog's pain medication. You can imagine the freak out that ensued from me. So imagine this. You're at the vet's office again, knowing that vet care costs continue to rise. You're anxiously waiting to hear how expensive the bill will be. But if you had pet insurance, your pet could be covered for accidents or illnesses. That's why you should check out ASPCA Pet Health Insurance. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program offers customizable accident and illness plans, making it easier for pet parents like you to help your pet get the care that they may need. They allow you to customize the plan, helping ensure that your pet's plan is as unique as they are. The ASPCA Pet Health Insurance Program has been around for over 18 years, and they've helped more than 600,000 pets during that time. Because vet bills can really add up, especially 
when you're least expecting it. It's simple. Use their app to submit a claim and you'll receive reimbursement for eligible vet bills directly into your bank account. To explore coverage, visit ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. That's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. Again, that's ASPCAPetInsurance.com slash no guilt. This is a paid advertisement. Insurance is underwritten by either Independence American Insurance Company or United States Fire Insurance Company and produced by PTZ Insurance Agency Limited. The ASPCA is not an insurer and is not engaged in the business of insurance. Are you overwhelmed by the things that get in the way of you doing what you want to do? Are you looking for ways to simplify life to better align with your values? Do you want to create space in your schedule so you have room for more of the good stuff? Play, joy, relationships, gratitude, and more? If you answered yes to any of these questions, I invite you to check out Edit Your Life, a podcast to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. Through episodes with me, Christine Co., and a range of super smart, compassionate, and thoughtful guests, you'll come away with big picture insights and practical ways to declutter your home, schedule, and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. I have always believed that small moments and actions matter tremendously. My goal is to help you find agency and space in your life through doable baby steps that will leave you feeling accomplished instead of overwhelmed. Check out Edit Your Life wherever you enjoy your podcasts. So the decluttering became like the way to sort of deal with that kind of stress. So bedrooms first, all the closets, you know, whatever your favorite way to do it. If you're into get organized with the home edit or you're into Marie Kondo, I've done stuff from both of them, love them both. And I think that's huge because you feel the stress in spaces, even from the things that you don't see. So like the closets, I I took this summer and I like reorganized five closets and it felt so amazing. You know, like you really just feel like the energy is totally different. It always does feel amazing when you declutter. It's the... (laughs) It's it's the getting the like getting to that point to declutter in the first place because I have my closet right now is in very dire need very dire need of uh, an edit and decluttering and I have not taken that step to do it yet. Same here. Yeah. Oh, totally same here. So tell me, like, this is what I want to know. So what do you what do you hear? What is the message you're getting in your head when you look at the area that you haven't decluttered that you want to? I have so much other stuff to do. I want to relax right now and I do not want to do this. Yeah, I don't want to do it. I love that. Mm -hmm. So we have these repeated messages in our brain that we've picked up over time. Those tapes that just keep playing that tell us either we're not worthy or we're not good enough or we can't Mm -hmm. do that or I don't want to or whatever it is. So, you know, it gets to be like an emotional thing. So Mm -hmm. I love to like hijack your emotional brain and get yourself back into your body. So where you're feeling good. So using your senses to do that. So Brie was talking about before, you know, when she wants to feel tired and ready for bed, she's got her lavender, her lemongrass, you know, she's putting together her, her lotion is putting her in that zone. She's embodying that preparation for sleep. So you can do that for things like decluttering too. And this works so well for me because for years I was like, worried that somebody was going to call hoarders and be like, we have somebody (laughs) who's like ready to be in that zone. We've got to stop her before she gets there. So I totally speak from personal experience. So 
what I do is I have to use each of my senses to get me into the place where it just becomes so joy-filled to declutter that I can't help but do it. So whether it's, you know, diffusing essential oils or a candle that you like, putting on your favorite jams, maybe from when you were younger that nobody else wants to listen to in your house, but you, you know, getting into some, yeah, right. Some comfy I make everyone else listen to it anyways. Yes. But (laughs) that's that's your right as a mom. (laughs) I'm like 90s and 80s station all the time in the car. Sorry, kids. Totally. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. So put those, put your favorite jams on, like set yourself up for success and joy so that you're going to really have fun with it. And I think also doing all the preparation ahead of time. So like you've set up for the donation where you're going to take it, or are they going to come pick it up at your house? Like however you're doing it, you have your bins, you have everything organized and set up ready to go so that you don't make the mistake of getting into it without the preparation so that you're not going to be successful. I've been there. There's nothing worse than when you're getting knee deep into it. And then you're like, you turn, you look around and you're like, oh crap, I did not plan for this. (laughs) Yeah, we've been there. Wow, it's midnight. Okay, uh, I'm gonna fall asleep in my mess because I can't crawl out of the mess now. At this mm-hmm. point, yeah, yeah. Don't do that to yourself. It, yeah. So, like, let's say you're somebody like you just don't even have time to prepare. Like, setting up the donation is overwhelming. You're gonna take one thing. Take your nightstand. Okay, set a timer for ten minutes. Grab a cup of hot coffee or wine or a piece of gum, like whatever, like flavor you enjoy your music. You've got like a scented candle, you're dancing around. And at the end of 10 minutes, you're going to stop like whatever 10 minutes looks like, because what you're doing is you're retraining your brain to recognize pleasure with decluttering. So yes, this is how it works. So it's your reticular activating system, which is like in the base of your brain, like in your brainstem. So your reticular activating system notices things. So it's like if you, you decide you want an orange SUV. And you want, you're like in the market for the orange SUV. And all of a sudden, Mm -hmm. everywhere you drive, you're like, there's an orange SUV and there's an orange SUV. That's your reticular activating system at work. So what you're doing is you're bringing in all this sensation and joy. You're doing this activity. You're ending at 10 minutes. So you feel successful and you can come back and do another 10 minutes, but you're retraining your brain to see those opportunities to declutter as fun and joy filled. Okay. I'm going to try this. I'm still going to try this. If not, just to like, I'm, I'm a little bit ornery and I'm like, oh yeah, reticular activating system. I'm going to show you. (laughs) No, I think it'll work though. But part of me does say that. (laughs) But I, so for me, and you know, my big issue is time. I'm huge. I'm, I always feel like my time is slipping away from me Mm -hmm. and that everything is overwhelming. So I love that this is 10 minutes Yeah, because I feel like no matter how crazy my day is, I could find 10 minutes to jam out and do this for myself. And decluttering would be me time because it's focusing on what I want to do. And even if, even if I don't want to clean, all the things you're saying are things that I want to do. I want my favorite gum. I want my iced coffee and I want my candle and I want my jams. So right there, it's, it's a great way to take that prioritizing and giving yourself some me time while being productive and not feeling like my time was robbed from me. Yeah. I think I, 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 I think I can get on board if an iced caramel macchiato is also in the future. <laughs> yes. Decluttering. I think I could do that. Oh my yes. gosh. And yes. it's all like tremendous self-care. 
Mm -hmm. right? With like a good outcome. And then your job after that is whatever you achieved in that 10 minutes, then you're in maintenance mode. Okay. So like, let's say you did your nightstand and 10 minutes was plenty of time to get it into like a decent state. Then your job is every day you want to tend and tidy that space that you've done. So just taking a minute before you leave your bedroom in the morning, anytime you come in and out, Am I maintaining that space in a way that honors the work that I put in? And as you add more spaces, then you keep your tending and tidying practice. Because what that does is you don't end up having, you know, these spaces that you're continuously decluttering and then they collect all the clutter and they get bad again. And then you come back again. But if it does, like if it's like, for example, like my mail center, like I worked so hard at getting my mail center where the mail gets dumped, you know, having the baskets that we put for the stuff that has to be shredded and organizing it. Yeah, every once in a while it gets a little crazy. Then I'm like, okay, I need to take a few minutes and just go over it again and honor the work that I did originally to get it set up really nice. Yeah. Okay. So what you're saying is like, we need to declutter our spaces so that we can go and feel relaxed in it and just being relaxed and getting that rejuvenation. It gives us the energy to give back to other people and sleep. And I love how like the whole, like in the decluttering, take a bite-sized piece, take 10 minutes, piece. 10 minutes can help retrain your brain. I love that. I love it. Thank you, Kelly, so much for joining us today. This has been so great. And I have like a bunch of things I'm going to try, like, oh my gosh, <laughs> coffee and decluttering. going to do that. Uh, and uh, just have a wonderful day. All right, thank you guys. Okay. So uh, I think I need to go to Starbucks and get myself a drink and set my timer for 10 minutes to declutter my closet. I am going to do the exact same thing because I will admit, like like I mentioned in the episode, I worked really hard. I, I bought my house two years ago and I made sure that when I was moving in that that room mm-hmm. was everything that I needed it to be to decompress. And I feel like the room is, but my my master closet, oh, heck no. No. You know what? Capital and H, heck no. I used to be <laughs> so adamant about the benefits of you know feeling good about your wardrobe. Like mm-hmm. I had a class, Outfit Mastery, yes! which was like, if you if you've been following No Guilt Mom way back in the day, you might remember Outfit Mastery. But uh, it was all about taking out the clothes that like no longer serve you and you don't feel good about, making mm-hmm. sure your closet is filled with those things that light you up. And right now, my closet, well, first of all, we switch seasons and I really need to take out the warm clothes because you can't do that here. Okay, which I think is <laughs> hilarious because Phoenix, we have two seasons. Yeah, we have two <laughs> so, seasons. When we're moving into the second season, which, you know, for those that it's hitting as we're recording like yeah. we're, we've already moved in second season and I'm like no it's already hot it's already hot you have to go to shorts and dresses and like yes. tank tops and it's funny too because Lonnie has told us the same thing in our episode with Lonnie and Lender about mm-hmm. your wardrobe like but and and Kelly doesn't just talk about the closet but when she said things that are cluttered you and I both immediately went to our master closet oh yeah are, the are causing us 
stress. Mm-hmm. They're causing me so much stress. I don't even want to go in there. I see all my shoes and I'm one of those people who like the shoe rack is way at the end of the closet. So I'm like, and we take off and we toss and oh, we toss. At least you have a shoe rack, man. Since- it's, no, it's not a rack. It's on the floor. Oh, under okay. The clothes. Okay. That, that's our issue. Because okay. I toss. <laughs> so mine's the same. Like we have no shoe rack. We have nowhere to put shoes. Oh. So it's just like you go into my closet and you trip over shoes and <clears throat> bruise handbags. Uh-huh. I don't know how I have so many purses being that I'm like not really that big into purses like yeah seriously I, I've had two purses this year but I've got probably 10 in my closet time to declutter <laughs> time, time to, to get your gum and declutter I'm going to have to so <laughs> so oh, goodness we remember that the best mom is a happy mom take care of you and we'll talk to you later thanks for stopping by Margaret and I'm Amy and together we host the podcast what fresh hell laughing in the face of motherhood Margaret I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom correct sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom (laughs) well you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago mom I mean touche in each episode of what fresh hell we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives I bring the research and I bring kind of the gimlet eye like is that research really gonna work people And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.